The old pilot's plain tales. Try sweeping it, Biggles. For as long as most of us have been looking at aircraft, we have all assumed that fast aircraft have swept wings. It's a natural look, and quite honestly, given the choice, it's the way the wing would like to sweep, isn't it? I wonder, though, how many of us know the rationale behind swept wings, and is there a particular reason why they should sweep backwards and not forwards? Swept wings have been around for a while. The Englishman Jose Weiss was one of the first with his swept wing tailless glider in 1908, and John Dunn successfully built several tailless aircraft with severely swept wings. For these early pioneers, it was a way to improve the view and to move the wing spar to a more convenient place, and for a tailless aircraft, the trailing wingtip was a good place to stick your fin. The Germans, in the 1930s, improved on the concept and for more realistic reasons, to reduce high-speed drag. Indeed, Dr Adolf Bussmann was already commenting on the advantages of wing sweep for supersonic flight. He had correctly worked out that the airspeed over the wing is dominated by the component that is right angles to the airflow, not the free stream velocity. Imagine it this way. Your aircraft has wings that can be swept in flight, like a Tomcat or Tornado, but better, as these can go from straight to completely in line with the fuselage. When straight... All the air goes across the wing and produces a lot of lift. As the air accelerates over the wing, a supersonic shock wave occurs quite early, say around Mach 0.8, that's 80% of the speed of sound. When the wings are completely swept back, they produce no lift at all, as the air goes down the length of the wing and none across it. So there's no acceleration of air over the wing and no early production of a shock wave, a speed termed m-crit, the critical Mach number. If we move our wings to the midpoint, say 45 degrees, the air sees the wing at an angle and the effective curvature of the upper surface appears reduced. It is reduced, in fact, by the cosine of the sweep angle that is 70% of the straight value. This reduction delays the onset of the shock wave on the wing by 30% and effectively allows the wing to fly much closer to the speed of sound without the pressure changes and drag that occur with supersonic airflow. There are of course disadvantages with swept wing design. At high speed, the air has little time to react to the wing and flows straight across it, but at lower speeds, the air does react and is pushed down the span by the angled leading edge and pulled there by the pressure difference between the upper and lower surfaces. Near the tip, the air is almost moving along the wing instead of over it. We call this span-wise flow. 
This effect reduces lift and increases the effective angle of attack of the wing near the tip relative to the inboard area by moving the stagnation point forward. This results in tip stalling, a most unwelcome feature which is particularly destabilizing on a sweat wing as a tip stall moves the centre of pressure forwards causing a pitch up which speeds up entry into a stall. The tip is also where we tend to hang the ailerons and tip stalling therefore prevents roll control. Look at most sweat wings and you'll see aerodynamic devices that are there to help counter these problems. Wing fences stream strong vortices across the wing providing a barrier to spanwise flow and vortex generators re-energize the thickened and sluggish boundary layer helping to delay separation. Whilst these devices are great in low-speed flight, in the high-speed realm they are not required and they just add drag. Overall, however, it can be seen just by glancing at the myriad of different aircraft designs that employ sweat wings how successful it's been. My question is, Biggles, why sweep the wings backwards and not forwards? A forward sweat wing has the same advantages of delaying M-crit as a rear sweat wing. What's more, span-wise flow created by the sweep moves inboard towards the fuselage, not towards the tips. As a result, the dangerous tip stalling problem is nullified since the stalling region starts at the root. This design allows for full aileron control when near the stall, which means that leading edge lift devices may not even be required. With the air flowing inwards, wingtip vortices with their huge drag penalty are much reduced and so would much of the wake turbulence behind an aircraft. This would allow reduction in wake separation with increased use of runways at a time when growth of air transport is being stifled by congestion. Aerodynamic wing devices like fences and vortex generators, which are only really required at low speed, would be unnecessary, reducing overall drag. Wing spars, with all their accompanying strength and weight, tend to be located in the centre of the fuselage. With a forward sweep, the wing route can be close to the rear of the aircraft, allowing an uninterrupted fuselage area, simplifying construction and making access easier. So why haven't we seen a raft of forward-swept wing designs? Well, we've seen a few. Perhaps the best known is the HFB320 Hansa jet twin-engine business jet whose forward-swept wings allowed the spar to pass behind the passenger cabin without decreasing cabin volume. There are a few gliders that employ forward sweep. The Blahnik L13 and the ASK-13. Indeed, before that there were a few experimental aircraft. The Junkers Ju-287, the Douglas Skystreak, and more recently, the Grumman X-29 and the Sukhoi Su-47. But it's fair to say, Biggles, that the concept hasn't really become popular. The reason is fairly simple and easily demonstrated from the passenger seat of your car. 
cut yourself a rectangle of cardboard and drive around carefully with it out of the window. With it swept back like a conventional wing, it should behave fairly well, but angle it forward into the airflow and before long it's going to bend in half. Not ideal if it's a wing trying to keep your aircraft airborne. This is all down to air elastic and divergent flutter. When a rearward swept wing bends, the natural geometry twists the flexing part a little, reducing its angle of attack and counteracting the bending force, damping the action out. With a forward swept wing, the opposite occurs, which can lead to uncontained flutter of increasing magnitude until it exceeds the design limit of the wing and biggles it falls off. Now almost every airliner wing will suffer from flutter and speed limits are designed to keep us from entering the danger area but because a forward swept wing is more prone it would have to be built more strongly which would give it a weight penalty. The other problem is yaw instability. An unintended yaw on a rear swept wing brings one wing forward effectively decreasing its sweep angle, which increases its drag, correcting the yaw. On a forward swept wing design, the opposite occurs, leading to a kind of reverse Dutch roll effect. However, the world has moved on, and technology can now get around most of these problems. Sophisticated fly-by-wire control systems already dampen divergent yaw problems, Indeed, that's been around for a while. Plus, the composite materials that modern aircraft are built of allow air-elastic tailoring by aligning the fibres which influence the way a wing bends. This has the potential to allow a forward-swept wing to twist in a favourable direction if bent, nullifying the divergent flutter problem. So, do you think the next generation of Airbus will feature forward sweep biggles? Well, I'm not sure either. The Grumman X-29 was built to examine a lot of the potential advantages of forward sweep. Based on two existing Northrop F-5 fighters, they were modified to carry graphite epoxy wings swept forward at more than 33 degrees. These wings successfully used anxiotropic elastic coupling between bending and twisting to address the air-elastic flutter problem. The two aircraft displayed the potential to be extremely manoeuvrable and showed promise for the future of aircraft design. However, the X-29 did not demonstrate the overall reduction in aerodynamic drag that earlier studies had suggested. Why is not entirely explained, but even if the reduction were only a few percent, then I can still see the day when Airbus and Boeing roll out their first radical new design change since the first swept-wing airliners took to the air. Now, if you're curious about seeing a forward-swept-wing aircraft for yourself, Biggles, the X-29 number 1 is on display at the National Museum of the Air Force in Dayton, Ohio, and aircraft number two 
is at the NASA Armstrong Flight Research Center. They certainly give food for thought, and by George Biggles, they look very cool.